on three sides of the coin. First of all, you have all four of us here, but one of us it looks a little different. It's me. No more blonde. Um, but we go through track by track on Ace's new album, Origins 2. And let me tell you, some of our opinions are way different than others. So uh, listen and then uh, go buy the album and judge for yourself. And I would add, make sure you stick to the very end, because we have a really cool surprise at the end. This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Want to get your official Three Sides of the Coin logo and shocker tee? Now you can. We ship worldwide. Get yours online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com. Started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. You got all of us today. That's such a rare treat, because usually Tommy doesn't give a crap and never shows up. Honestly, Tommy, people are starting to ask where you are. I had nothing else to do today. <laughs> <laughs> no, you found out Lisa was going to be on with us, and then you made time. Well, who doesn't want to make oh, time for Lisa? Lisa? By the way, Lisa, there's something a little different about you today. You got a wig on? I had to do something with the gray. It looks nice. I lo- I'm glad you went darker like that. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still getting used to it. I- I'm not... Well, yeah. It takes a while. It's got yeah, a porn I'm... star look to it. This is my natural... This is like... Look, my hair's a little bit darker than this. But yeah, I'm it's so... good. But I'm so... I'm so... What is he doing? Is he taking pictures? Mark? Of oh, this wiener? Mark is... <laughs> on the phone doing uh, something looks... <laughs> what is yeah why has he got his flashlight on because he's he's technologically technologically challenged <laughs> so anyway yes i had my hair was so gray that i couldn't i didn't want to sit for five hours in a salon chair so this is a seven dollars and fifty cent um hair box job excellent so, I, yep. I'm just done with my fucking cell phone. I'm just tired of fucking dealing with crap. So <laughs> I was trying to on my computer. I can't because I never this computer. I only use only use for three sides. So I don't know it. And I'm like, well, all the computers that I've ever had the turn off the vo- volume buttons up here on the top. And I can't turn the fucking volume. Up. You got I couldn't even hear my brother's phone call, which I have to take because of the fucking audio of this so i fuck i just so then i i got my light on to see if i could see the screen you know ah, turn the light okay off. so that's and then the, the phone just fucking hang the phone just hung up and and i'm like you know what fuck this i'm I, you know let's just I, do the I, I told you we were heading this way i told you this is where we were going mm-hmm. <laughs> so i thought you, we thought you were taking dick pics i'll deal with all that other stuff later yeah we thought so. you were taking a pic of of lisa I should. God, she looks incredible today. Yeah. I mean, look, she looks incredible every week. But today, I'm just telling you, you really fucking kicked it up a notch. She cleaned and up. Girl, she cleaned up. The, girl, the, stuff, the girls look dynamite. The girls look dynamite today. Nice. 
Get ready for the steel. For- <clears throat> oh God! Take that I got off. A stealer, all right. But I'm bummed. Um, All right, so no guests today. You just got us, and those often end up either as complete train wrecks or the best shows in the world. They're the best shows ever. Mark's got got so much faith in us. Um, Tommy, since you are here today, you got to read some comments. Okay. Make it worth it. I will do that for you. Mm -hmm. So this is um, comments from... The current show, which is episode 397, we're getting close to four, where we had Peter Hoffman join from Australia. He was the guy that uh, was behind Kiss World, for those of you that maybe didn't see it. And uh, again, people love love the episode and thought he seemed like such a nice guy. Um, Rome Loves Dan said, I'd buy the Peter Chris Live and Aussie Farewell DVD in a heartbeat. I know I... I know it would be played a lot. So there's still a lot of people that want Peter Chris stuff. And everyone seems so happy that he talked about all of that. Yeah, a lot, 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 a lot, lot of love for the show. A lot of comments of yeah. best show ever, which, Mark, you know, that was Mark's best show ever. It really was. I, I'm not listening, but I just heard you say best show. Yeah, last week was fucking dynamite. Well, yeah, and people were... Um, People talking about like the different things that they ordered from him while he had it going, and just a lot of love. That's that's really what it comes down to. Um, but there was one other one that's an off topic that I want to address. What about Rob asked? Hey guys, question for you: Any information on how Bob Kulik died? That one just seems to keep coming back, and and I want to publicly again say, at least for myself, we don't know. We have no idea. We haven't asked, nor would we. Uh, that's a private thing for the family. We're waiting for Bruce to release something or whatever. And then if he does, great. If he doesn't, we just got to respect the privacy of the family. Exactly. Yep. And it really shouldn't matter. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. No, and I don't think he means it. He doesn't mean it in a mean-spirited way. There's just a lot of people who are fans of Bob, and it was a shock because it happened very sudden, and they just would love to know why. I mean, that's human nature. So that's no rub on him at all. It's just we, you know, I, I, I would feel uncomfortable ever asking the question. And I'm, I'm not saying that he's expecting us to do so. I just, I don't know. None of us know. No. So there you go. So um, anything else we want to talk about before we get into today's discussion? Well, um, I, I guess I was going to say I'm still getting questions. You, you guys keep talking. About... I have to go check the front door. Okay. Upcoming uh, KISS shows this year that haven't been canceled, and guys, they ain't going to happen. Yeah. I don't have any inside knowledge. None of us do. But there's just, it's not. So why the promoters have cho- chosen not to cancel the remaining dates is beyond me. I think that the first dates we're going to see them perform will be next summer. I wonder if it's part of a contract where they can only cancel so far in advance. You know what I mean? Like if they if they cancel 30 days out or whatever, keep part of... Hold on, hold on. This I can shine a little light on. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Okay. No, this I know. If it's 
postponed, they don't have to issue a refund. That's what it is. So they're waiting for new dates to come out before they cancel, right? If it's canceled, then you can formally ask for a refund. Now, you can ask for a refund. Ask, that's the key word. You can ask for a refund on a postponed show, but don't hold your breath. That's like with hockey, too, right? Isn't that what happened with hockey, too? Yeah, well, yeah, I'll give you a great example. Um, I had Red Wings season tickets when this all happened last March. I had one more game remaining, and I this is this is kind of interesting. So then, before my seasons were up, they asked me to put a down payment on, you know, because we didn't know COVID was happening, whatever, you know, or at least to this degree. So they said, would you like to get a hundred? If you give us a hundred dollars now, we'll give you a, you know, I, I, I remember well, it was a Friday in February. And they said, if you give us a hundred dollars towards next season, toward for the 2021 season, um, well, you can go to the game this Sunday. So I said to Liz, I said, shit, yeah. I said, I'll give him a hundred bucks down payment for next season and as a thank you for putting a down payment on that sunday we got we went to a game for free wow well hold on so then literally the following month my last game we couldn't go to because they ended the season so they refunded my ticket money my hundred dollar money they're like you can't have it back but you can have it like in, in store credit or anything if you want to use it like on Red Wings online or if I wanted to buy a t-shirt yeah or whatever so because then they you know then like in May they're like hey uh, you want to get your tickets for next season and I'm like uh no <laughs> um, so I said, hey, you guys, because that was the whole thing. I'm, I'm like, hey, you guys still got $100. You haven't given me back. And they're like, well, you know, it's kind of crazy. You, know? <laughs> um, no, you can't I'm have, sorry. That's, not, that's non-refundable. But, but you, uh, you do have that in your account. So if you come here for a game, you can use that towards, again, in the, in the Red Wing store. Can you so, buy so only the store? Like you couldn't if you go. Can you like bit concessions for it, or does it have to be? Store? It has to be something Red Wings centric. Okay. And if I do decide to get tickets again, I can put it towards that. But to answer your question, no, I can't like go there and go. Oh, cool. We'll use that for you know for pizza and pop and everything. We can't do that. Gotcha. So yeah, so that's a weird one, you know, and. Uh, my Lions season tickets, I just didn't renew after 20 years. So, well, why would you further your punishment? Yeah. <laughs> so, good lord. But hey, what? Between the two, I saved some cash. That's for sure. You don't have to say, please, sir, may I have another anymore? You know what? Um, whatever. It, you know, I. It, Next issue. All right, let's go on. All right. So, anything, anything else you want to read, Tommy, or anything else you guys want to talk about? No, that's pretty much it. I mean, like I said, lots of great comments, but mostly just like 
um, you know, very happy, great episode, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I would, I kind of want to just mention real quickly, because I'm sure you guys all saw the news like a couple weeks ago, Gene put his second house in L.A. up for sale, which at least to me was news. I had no idea he owned a second house in L.A. What was that? I didn't know either. Yeah. Uh, so... People, a, lot, a number of fans were like, oh, my God, Gene's moving. Gene's moving to Canada. It's like, no, he still has his main house. They also have a house up in Whistler because that's where Shannon's from. They're up there right now. Um, I'm guessing the second house in L.A. was an investment house or where the kids lived if they wanted to go live there. Oh, yeah. So, So Gene is not selling his house and leaving the country, people. Okay? Yeah, but when they showed that house on, like, you know, they posted the house. I mean, it definitely wasn't the mansion that he currently lives in. No. I, I think I was with, I was joking with Mark online. I'm like, maybe that's the house he goes to when he gets in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> instead of sleeping, instead of, you know, us normal people having to go sleep on the couch, Gene just goes to his other house. <laughs> The other mansion in Beverly Hills. Exactly. Well, I tell you what, that place looked pretty nice. Yeah, I'd take you know, it. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't look, I, especially in that sort of you know business. Uh, I'm sure clients went, you know, family friends, you know, if they were out visiting or whatever. Yeah. So. I mean, Speaking yeah. of which, and we we can get into this much later. I mean, not this episode, but um, there might be a trip out to L.A. coming up uh, here, Mike. To, uh... Yeah, I don't want to make any announcements about any of the stuff yet because we're still finalizing it. But there could be some cool stuff that'll happen in the later half of January. Yeah, I, I know that both uh, Tommy and I, hopefully the lovely Lisa did mention too. That could be uh, a lot of fun. So hopefully, uh, I'm in. I'm yeah. In, Anybody know uh, uh, uh Uber driver that could pick us up at the airport? No one. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't even put that into the fucking equation. That would be incredible. Spe we can run it by a fucking Seven Eleven when we get there. Well, speaking of Seven Eleven and Izzy, who we were referring to, did you guys see the news that Seven Eleven now delivers? You can and and the, and their radio ad. I kid you not. The radio ad says you can have hot, delicious pizza from Seven Eleven delivered to you at home now. I'm just like, really? Wow. I know one person who would probably love that when he wakes up at four in the morning and has that crazy cravings that he gets. If he hasn't already eaten a dozen uh, Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah, he did that once, and I just about the third donut. I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. I just, I, I can't do it. To the third donut, huh? You, but you watched it up until the third donut. Well, because it's like the Kramer. It, it's disturbing yet I can't look away. Exactly. I don't know exactly. what it is. But after the third, I'm like, I can't watch him eat any more of these. You wanted to puke. Yeah, I was literally getting sick. Watching him eat these things, he wasn't really eating them. He wasn't really eating them like he does when he goes to different places. He was literally more just like biting it and swallowing big pieces. 
So he wasn't like he was so hungry. Even, like pushing it in like one big donut. You know, he, you ever watch Boy Those? They just. I know. That's disturbing also. <laughs> hey, a big shout out, though, to E1 for the Trouble Walk in Record Store Day. Yes. Um, yes. You know. Thank you, Ken. Thank I disappeared. You. Why Why can I not show this? It covers me. That's funny. Woo! That's really <laughs> Michael's there? That yeah. is weird. It's <laughs> really weird. There he is. Ooh. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Those virtual backgrounds. Anyway, I was showing the Ace Fraley Trouble Walking um, Record Store Day release that, yes, Ken at E1 sent all of us. It's beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, the, the colored vinyl is gorgeous. I didn't open mine. I'm, doing, I'm pulling a mark. No, you got to open this. You do. You really do. I will tell you, too, and I, I mean, I've said this publicly uh, many times. I That's my second favorite Ace Frehley. I love yeah. Trouble I love that one too. Me too. I still say, why, why, Ace, Ace, you gotta play Shot Full of Rock every single yep. show. That's, that's to me, that is the ultimate Ace Frehley song post 78. I think that's the, the best song um, post 78. You don't, that, you, don't, you don't think Dolls is better? Dolls is cool. I actually don't have a problem with it. Yeah, that I like song. that one too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that record. Um, that was a great tour. I remember we played the Ritz here in Detroit um, for that show. Um, that was, yeah, that's a, that was a great time uh, for Ace. That was what '89, I think. I remember correctly. Yeah, that, uh, I you, love yeah, that record. You, you could almost is, count on an Ace tour like you could count on a Kiss tour back then. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it was great because I remember we played "Remember Me" because I dug that. I really dig that song. That the, the title track's great. Uh, Too young to die. I mean, with uh, what again? The jazz is such a strong fucking album, man. I really like that one a lot. So, remember me is the song I love off of that record. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Great one. Yeah, I, the whole record's great. Yeah. Well, today's going to be an all Ace Fraley episode. Once mm -hmm. again, I've I've put up with it. You know, because I hate him so goddamn much. But the other three knuckleheads really want to talk about Ace, so I'll I'll go along for the ride. Just suck it up. Yeah, I'm gonna suck it up. I'm gonna take one for the team. We're gonna do an all Ace Fraley episode. Started that came out of my Spaceman record. Is that for the digital download, probably. Yeah. Yep. Um. So today we're gonna do. A track-by-track roundtable review of Ace Fraley Origins Volume 2. Volume 2. So, uh, let me get a bunch of my notes here. I've actually got... You took uh, notes, Michael? Well, I got I notes, do. but, but um, E1 also sent me a PDF of the credits on the album. So I want to read through like all of the credits and all the geeky details that a lot of yeah, people would be do. interested in. So, so um, before we get started here, let me open this up, scroll up to the top. Um, Ace Fraley, Origins, Volume 2, hits the street on September 18th. So put that down, September 18th. You got to go out and buy this if you haven't already pre-ordered it. Um, Space Truck and the first wasn't, single was already out. 
Wasn't that the anniversary date for the solo records, too? Wasn't it the 18th of September? I think so, yeah. Yeah, well, kind of weird. Um, so here's some of the uh, production credits for Origins Volume 2. It's produced by Ace Fraley, co-produced and recorded by Alex Salzman at Ace in the Hole Studios, Rancho Santa Fe, California. Additional recording, space trucking, and we got to get out of this place. Basic tracks recorded by Michael Everett at the Creation Lab, Turlock, California. She was recorded by Tim Brennan at Siena Studios, Nashville, Tennessee, and Alex Salzman at ASP, Brewster, New York. Jumpin' Jack Flash, lead vocals recorded by Ronnie Mancuso at Ace in the Hole Studios. Mixed by Anthony Fox and Marty Fredrickson. Mastered by Anthony Fox. So there's the basic album details for Origins Volume 2. Um, we're just going to follow the track listing as it is on the album, and we'll just add some comments in here. So let's start with the first song, Good Times, Bad Times by Led Zeppelin. Ace Fraley does the vocals and guitars. Jeremy Asbrock does guitars, Alex Salzman, bass, Matt Starr, drums, and Lara Cove backing vocals. So who wants to uh, jump in first and share your thoughts? I, I have no problems. I, I like you, Michael, did, uh, did some homework and uh, well, read this. I felt um, very unprepared. Don't worry, Lisa. You just sit there and you look dynamite, baby, and we'll take care of the rest. <laughs> um, I actually did something a little uh, a little different. I kind of made my own little... You guys can add on to this if you want. I just did this personally. So, I, uh, you know, and I'll do it on, for every song. Cause I, it, it, and this will be quick, and, and hopefully you guys at home think this is kind of cool. And maybe you'll think in these same sorts of ways. I put the good, the bad, the overall, and then the song choice. So, Good Times, Bad Times, Led Zeppelin. Look, that song needs zero fucking introduction. It's an incredible song. Um, the Good Things. I think he sings it well. I think his guitar playing is great. And I will tell you, you're going to hear that on every piece of the review that I have to give on the entire record. Ace is playing fucking great on this album. Every single song has so many great, as I call, acisms. And for me, everybody from, you know, Richie Blackmore to Ted Nugent to Jimmy Page or whoever, each one of those guys, you know, Randy Rhodes, you know, Billy Gibbons, each one of those guys does something on their guitar that makes that them and, and cool. They have this feel. Those 70, 70s guys are just amazing. And if you're an Ace Frehley fan, every fucking song has them. Every single one has acisms. So you're going to hear that over and over and over. Ton of great acisms in the in the song, just all the way around. All right, that's the good. The bad, now I mentioned that he, I think he sings it well. But for me, it's it took a while to get used to that vocal because I'm so used to Plants, because that's a great song. Um, also want to... Um, say congrats matt Starr really captured the the drumming very well i was yeah. a little tough on his drumming on the space trucking version um but you know i calls him as i sees him as i say and uh he uh he did a great job on, on on this overall i love the extended vocal thing at the end because he does the scat that normally is buried 
um, in the Led Zeppelin version. You know, Ace sings those lines. That's really cool. And then for song choice, I think I think it's cool and it works. But I would have loved the deeper cut from the Led Zeppelin catalog. I, I just I just would have. I mean, don't get me wrong. Good times, bad times, super duper popular. But Tommy, you're you're muted, man. So, Tommy, your lips are moving. You ain't here. I ain't hearing you. I was saying that, uh, but you got that last time. You know, bringing on home was a deeper Zeppelin cut. You're absolutely right. I I also you know because when pe- people tend to go to Zeppelin stuff, it's usually off the first two or you know something off four. I I still would I'd I'd rather hear something like Celebration Day or you know the one song something something you know maybe a, I don't know just something off those records. Anyways, well, uh, you, you know, too deep then people won't buy it because they won't recognize it. But aren't aren't people buying this? It's because of Ace's guitar playing, which you get in spades on this thing. Sure. I mean, the guitar playing is the whole. Yeah, reason. I mean, I I think I think the point is, this album isn't going to bring in new Ace Frehley fans. So you know, yeah, you you could go deep because you're buying this because it's an Ace album, and it's only Ace fans who are buying this. You know, are Led Zeppelin fans going out and getting this? Eh, probably not. But that's me. I, I overall, Lisa. Um, I liked it. Um, I didn't go into a big in-depth chart like Mark did. If I would have known I, I had to do a flip chart or a flip grid, <laughs> I would have really. Bring um, a PowerPoint there. next time, Lisa. I, know. I feel really bad that I have no like presentation with a PowerPoint. Oh, you've got plenty of presentation, so don't worry about that. <laughs> Um, I liked it. I, I, I mean, it's like everything that Mark kind of said. I, I don't know if I would have started with that song. Though. Um, I, I, I don't know. I really like space trucking. I think that one should have been first, but and it was really. It's the single. Oh yeah, I know. But I'm talking track listing, Mark. Track listing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you said your thing with your big grid. Shut up now. <laughs> We've given the microphone to Lisa, so shut up. I don't even have that much to say, but my God, give me a minute. Put a, let me put a quarter in for a second. Uh, no, that's, I mean, I really don't have, like I said, I don't have that, that much. I don't know if I would have um, chosen that as the first, but um I thought it was great. And like Mark said, I think Ace on that, I don't know, Ace's vocal I thought was pretty cool. It was different. Um, I liked it. I liked it. Tommy? Um, Tommy, did you prepare a grid? No. Okay. No, I actually have other things to do with my life. Because he doesn't care like I do, uh, fellow KISS fans. Go ahead, Tommy. (laughs) You know, uh, no, I did this. I did this fighting and kicking because I didn't want to do this. I really wanted to go to the store the day it came out, buy it, take it home, listen to it from front to back. I really did, but I got outvoted, so here I am. Uh, I'm not a big Led Zeppelin fan, 
I, I think they're a good band, don't get me wrong, but I've never been huge on them. But I like this song, and I really like Ace's version. But, you know, you also have to kind of look at it like whenever you hear someone's cover version, I don't care if it's Ace's or whomever, it's not always going to be the same. And you want it to be different, because what's the point of covering it if you don't make it your own? So I thought it was a great song. I thought he did a great job, to Mark's point, lots of guitar playing through the whole record. And I thought it was great. Uh, a great lead-off song. Um, to to Mark's point, yeah, Ace's guitars through this whole album sound great. You can just hear it and go, oh, that's Ace Fraley playing. It's I unbelievable. Mean, I always <laughs> yes. love hearing Ace play guitar, and the whole album sounds great. Um, before I get into this track, I will just say overall, and I've only listened to this probably three times, the production doesn't quite seem to be up to par with his recent previous releases. But I don't know if we can judge it that way yet, Michael, because we have the, the screener copy. And this is here and this is why I love to buy the thing. You, take you're it you're home. totally right. And I'm just yeah. these are the comments. I'm just telling everybody listening. This is what I was feeling and thinking as I was listening to it. The sound at times, sound, and, and I don't know if this is the right description, sounded a bit hollow at times. It didn't have depth to it. Now, I, you know, and I'm not a producer, and I've never been in the studio, so I don't know the what the shit I'm talking about here. I'm just telling you that's kind of what I felt like. Is like, well, this sounds a little production-wise weaker. It is a different production team than his previous albums, just be clear about that um but as for good times um great tune the music is great i mean ace is playing great i felt ace's vocals were just a bit weak for such a powerful tune and maybe that's just because mark as you said i'm so used to hearing plant and it's hard to take that out of the equation and again much like space trucking when you're talking about a young Robert Plant and a young Ian Gillen, yep. you know, the literally the best of the best versus a guy in his mid sixties who never was really a you know, a classic great lead singer to it, begin no, with. No, a hundred percent. You're you're yeah. right. So I mean, I mean you have to go in with that knowing it. And that's how come in my review I, I'm like, you know what? He made he did sing it like Ace. But in your head, you're still hearing the yeah that 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 it, it, that's totally a great way to say it. I mean, this is what Ace sounds like. This is how Ace has sounded on every single album he's ever done. And the problem when you're listening to him doing a cover tune is the first thing you your your mind hears is the original version. And you know this is such a powerful Zeppelin tune. Again, Mark, to your point, the drums, man, they sounded great on here. Musically, this song is awesome. I just kind of felt maybe this would have been a great tune to get a really strong guest vocalist. So, Which we're going to touch on in a little bit. We'll, we'll touch on it down the road here. So, I mean, if I were to rate Good Times on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably give it a seven somewhere in that area it doesn't suck but it's also not oh my god that's great i think they're better tunes on this album fair enough um all right so next up is 
Uh, let me bring up all my notes here. Never in my life by Mountain. And never in my life has Ace Fraley on vocals and guitars, Alex Salzman on bass, and Matt Starr on drums. Mark. All right. Um, never in my life by Mountain. Um, could be my favorite song on the record. I uh, really like this one a lot. I really like the song a lot. Um, so the good is it, it just, the good part for me, it's, it's, it's so good. You can tell that Leslie West was an influenced, you know, Ace was influenced by him because he really cops the feel of the song. Did a great job. I have no bad on this one. I like everything about it. Um, overall, like I said, probably my favorite song. And, uh, as for song choice, all I can say is at least it's not Mississippi Queen. Because and do yourself a favor. If you don't know much about Mountain and all if all you know is Mississippi Queen, you're missing out. Um matter of fact, when uh if if you've ever had the pleasure of talking to Gene, mention he loved Mountain. Oh yeah. yeah. Big Mountain fan. Yep. No, Tommy, nice. Hey, we, we, we've missed that bell over the last few weeks. So anyways, yeah, Mountain's a great band. Check them out. Certainly one of those uh, great hard rock bands from the early 70s. Um, and yeah, I, I, this song to me just sounds like an Ace Frilly song. I really, really like it. Two thumbs way up. Lisa. Okay. So, not a big Mountain fan. All right. First time I thought I you loved me. <laughs> She's a fan of Mountain Men, yes, not Mountain Band. Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> um, but that, that song was probably one of my favorite on the albums. Um, like I said, not a big fan. Um, first time I've ever heard this song, um, which that will be a recurring theme as we go through this. There's a lot of songs on them that I've never heard. Really? So, yeah. Um, so it was it was pretty cool to listen to them and hear Ace do them. So then I went back and listened to them. Lisa would have a lot more to say if Ace covered Poison. Now, you didn't let me get to She yet. Because, you know, that's my favorite Kiss song of all time. We'll get there, but it's the last one. Everyone's going to have to wait to the very end here. It's my favorite. That works out for us because everyone's watching the eye candy. They probably have the volume down right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not even listening to what we're saying. It's <laughs> It's the hair. See, I should do that every week and change oh, it's, my hair. Color, it's not right? the hair. Trust me, it's not the hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure it's not these either, so it's okay. Oh. It's the guitars behind me. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Of course. Um, but no, I mean, like my like hands I said, on them guitars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Only only Brian gets to play those guitars. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, like I said, no, I'm not, I, you know, I heard, you know, uh, Mississippi Queen, like I said, not a big mountain fan. Not that I didn't dislike them, just not in the repertoire. I get it. I get it. But I really, really, really liked this song. Really, really liked it. Tommy. That's all I got. Tommy. Never in my life have I heard this song before. I loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. And that's kind of some of the special part of these types of records is, is that you don't go into Lisa's point knowing all of these songs. 
And so I have no bias one way or the other, like Michael was saying with Good Times, Bad Times, because you know Robert Plant's voice. With this, I had no re- frame of reference. I, it's just, it's a great song from beginning to end. And so I, I guess I would say it seems to completely fit what he is and what and how he sounds. So I, I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, I will go along with Lisa and Tommy. Not, I've never been a big mountain fan, very aware of who they are and respect their, their legacy and their influence, but it just never did anything for me. I don't ever recall hearing this song. Maybe I did, but it didn't trigger anything. So honestly, it's going to take a few more listens for me to get anything from this because my my one comment about this song as I was listening to it, this song does very little for me. Um, But I think that's more because I'm just not familiar with the tune. there was nothing there that made me go, oh, okay, I'm excited to hear how he did this. It's like, I've never heard the original, so I don't know how he's doing it. Well, and you know, something to add to the frame of reference that I found to be very interesting is when he was here in town and we did that, um, the interview meet and greet yep. thing, we were driving around in the car and, and he said to me, which really surprised me, that he doesn't listen to any music. He doesn't listen to any new music or any of that sort of thing. So I think that that has a lot to do with the songs that they, that he's chosen. It's all stuff from the sixties and seventies because that's his wheelhouse. And I would think that maybe if I was an artist and I was making an origins, I would pick stuff in the seventies and eighties and maybe sixties. So I think that that's also part of it because the other thing that, that, I felt was a very common theme throughout the whole record, even though some of these are sixties pop hits is how it felt very, very classic seventies rock. Yeah. So if you're not used to, or you don't listen to classic seventies rock, it may not have that pull for you. Whereas what if, let's say he would have, have covered like a Molly hatchet song, something that's totally in your wheelhouse in the eighties you might have had a whole different attachment oh, to a song. To- to- totally, you know I mean? totally. I mean, as much as yeah. I want to hear him do a different a different version of a cover than the original, it's also a bit challenging when you've never heard the original to begin with. Right. Because a lot of what I, you know, as I'm listening to this, I'm like, I'm looking at the songs. Like, I remember when I first saw the track list, I'm like, oh, Lola, man, I freaking love that song can't wait to hear how he does it mountain never in my life okay i i got nothing it means nothing to me is what it comes down to and that's not it's not saying anything bad about ace or the performance it's just the song doesn't do it for me fair enough um but after you listen to it Weren't you like, that's a pretty damn cool song. Well, I got, like I said, I've only listened to it a couple times, so I need to listen to it a few more times before I before the song right. connects. I'd say probably the ones I enjoyed the most are the ones I never even really heard of before, which was good because it expanded my horizons, you know? Um. The next song is Space Truckin'. I'm not sure we need to go into a roundtable review because we did that a couple weeks ago. 
Um, well, the, the, the difference, though, and because I just want to give it a couple seconds, because, you know, I think for the most part, when we reviewed Space Truck, and we just reviews, re, we, we reviewed the video single. That's right. The, the, the version on the record's much different. And what I wanted to just add is I, I like how in the jammy section, which is totally void, um, if you watch the video, not even in it, um, Ace plays a lot more, and I love the interplay with the organ. It just sounds really, really good. And, uh, you know, he really took that part of the song and, and made it Ace freely, you know. Um, you know, really took out any deep purpleism out of it because in the purple version there's not much guitar there's a ton of drums you know it's very rhythmic and ace just basically went okay here's ace freely playing guitar next to some organ and it works it's really cool i actually like the the longer i i i before before we add any more comments let me just say space trucking is ace freely on vocals guitar and bass rob sabino is on organ and matt Starr is on drums yeah, did you guys want to add anything to Space Trucker, or do you want to go I, right? I, 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 will, I will just say I think it's a great. I think he did a great job. I love it. It's a great version. I think he did a great version. Uh, I'm not a fan of the song to start with, so for me, it, it was better than the original. <gasps> Tommy didn't mean that. Everyone, he really he's off his meds. I don't okay. like. I don't like organs. I don't like that. That's not what I, heard. Any <laughs> I was wondering who was going to comment on that one. I, 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 that's, but uh, honestly, no disrespect because Mark, this is so important to Mark. I am not a fan of Deep Purple overall because I am not a fan of John Lord. I don't like that in the song. I don't like that kind of music. It's just not my thing. So I thought Ace's version with more guitar was actually better. Lisa, anything you want to add? No. Okay. Up next, um, I'm Down by the Beatles, which that alone was a little bit of like, oh, he's covering the Beatles. I didn't quite. Now, granted, I'm, you know, we know the Beatles had a big influence, but to actually cover it, I thought was pretty cool. Um, Ace Fraley is vocals and guitars. John Five is on guitars as well. Alex Salzman on bass and Matt Starr on drums. Mark, what do you think of Ace covering the Beatles? We hit our first pickup for me. Um, really? It's not that it's bad. Um, you know, as I've said many times on this show, I'm a big Aerosmith fan. Um, I actually like Aerosmith's cover. I'm not a huge Beatles guy. Don't get me wrong. I like the Beatles. I, you know, I dig them, but it's. And, and yes, you're the greatest. I, I all that stuff. Every all the accolades are deserved. Okay, I get it. But I'm not. I'm not somebody who just goes to the Beatles. I actually like a lot of Beatles covers, like you know Motley's cover, and you know there's a ton of them. I love the way Cheap Trick does Magical Mystery Tour. I mean, all the way on down. I every time I put I'm down on off this record, I, I hear Steven Tyler's voice. I just like Aerosmith's version. So I had a hard time getting by that. But uh, as I, I also mentioned, um, at least he didn't do Helter Skelter. So, I don't know. This one was, my exact words, it was a three-letter review. M-E-H. Meh. So. 
Lisa? That's all you got on your little chart? I, Lisa, I'm not kidding. I just put meh on there for uh, for what I thought. It didn't suck. It's just it like short for meth. Yeah. Because that's what Mark is smoking. <laughs> oh, 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 I, I hear Tommy uh, with a differing opinion. Uh, Hold on, at Lisa's next. Lisa's next. Lisa, what's, me. what's your two cents? I thought it was a fun song. I loved it. Um, again, it's not a very popular Beatles song. Uh, I'm kind of glad that he didn't cover very, uh, you know, one of the, like, you know, like, Magical Mystery Tour, Yellow Submarine, or I'm glad that he picked this one, like, out of the vault a little. I thought it was a fun song. I thought it was a fun song. I liked it a lot. I was glad it was on there. I liked it. That's Tom, all I got. Tommy? Fun or short and sweet. Like you, baby. I loved it. I thought it was a perfect pick. I loved it, loved it, loved it. One of my favorites on the record. I will... I will say I'm not a huge Beatles fan. I, not that I don't like them. It's just they didn't, and as in timeline means everything, they didn't fall within my timeline of discovering and listening to music. So I'm well aware of them, and I totally respect them. This song, love it, love it, love it, love it. I think it's a great cover. I think... It's a great song to match his style of vocals. And I think just the overall feel of the song is actually a pretty good ace style of song. It's kind of got a yeah. wackiness to it, which it's is a perfect cover. It's a perfect match for ace. You know, I would say of these first four songs, I'm Down is my favorite of the four we've talked about so far. It's fun. It's a fun song, right? Yeah. Yep. I like um, your version. <laughs> all right. So up next, we got Jumpin' Jack Flash from the Rolling Stones. Ace Fraley on guitar, bass, and vocals. Lita Ford guests on vocals. And Matt Starr on drums and percussion. Mark, what's your two cents? I love the gritty vibe of it. I love, again, this is a song, because if you know, obviously, this is one of those songs I think everybody knows. Ace is, is right out of the gate with his little, you know, couple bends here, couple bends there, you know, that aren't in the original. Really start, really made a nice vibe. Uh, really like Ace's guitar playing throughout. Um, great vocals by Lita Ford on, uh, on this. Um, I really liked it. I, I think it, you know, it's funny in my review I wrote, I think this kicks ass, and I never say that. That's like something I said when I was a kid. I love, and also, did you guys notice the MC5 thing on the outro? I thought I thought that was kind of cool. Um, overall, I think that's what these kind of records are for. Um, what you guys got out of I'm Down, I got out of I added this song. I, I just thought it was fun. Um, you know, again, song choice. Fuck, it's the Stones. There's 8 billion tunes you could pick. But, hey, you know what? He, he took an old war horse and uh, didn't embarrass himself. Um, I think he did a great job. And I think Lita kicked some major ass on it. I think she did a great job, too. So, two thumbs up. Lisa? Um, not a big Stones fan. Uh, oh, boy! Oh, boy! Oh, wait a minute! Whoa! Whoa, whoa. You can say you're not a big Beatles fan and no one says anything to you. 
I love I love this new Lisa. She's getting very uh, vocal this episode. Yes. I'm not a She's going to get sweary now soon. Sweary? Right, yeah. You're going to get all sweary on us. No, I'm not a big Stones fan. I never said that they, like you said, Mark, they not they don't deserve the accolades that they have deserved, but I'm just not a big fan. Um, I prefer other Stones songs over Jumpin' Jack Flash. I'm like, um, It's a three-letter word, right? Man. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta do the face. Um, I thought Ace did a great job on it, and so did Lita. I thought it was great. I'm just not... Like, I skipped over that one a little bit. Like, I went to the next one. Sorry. Just not, not a big No apologies. Story. And I'm, no I'm kind of over here. Sorry. Tommy. Tommy. I really liked it. I think that Miss Lita did an excellent job on the vocals. It's a, it's a really solid cover. I think it's great. I, if I could have chosen, because uh, you know the Rolling Stones, they have such a huge catalog. But I was thinking about it today. If I could have chosen a Rolling Stones song for him to do, it would have been "Bitch," because he could have sang that as well and added all the little guitar nuances to it. You know, I would have loved to have heard that. But I thought it was great. I, I I'm all for it. This is so far been a great record. Um. You know, I'm not a big Rolling Stones fan either. They just never fell within my wheelhouse. Um, well, how much older is Linda than you? She's younger. Oh, she's younger. Two. Well, there you go. But see, I had older brother and older yeah. sister, so I got so many of these records that that's how I have the frame of reference. Yeah, she was, she was two years it. younger than me, so she was bringing people like Andy Gibb into the house for music. No, 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 no. You were bringing Andy Gibb into the house. No. And she gave you the Kiss records. I had ABBA, but no, she brought Andy Gibb in. Um, I think Ace is phenomenal on Jumpin' Jack Flash. I just, I said Lita's vocals just aren't a good match for this song, in my opinion. It, you know, it was just, okay, next. Mm. No, it's funny just getting back to that a little bit, and I've brought it up on the show plenty of times, especially on the, on the when when Uncle Ted was our guest. I'm just telling, just living in Detroit, you, you the Stones, were just on constantly. I mean, and the yeah. cattle stuff. I mean, we got a healthy, healthy dose of the Stones, and I, as I've said on this show before, Kiss is my favorite band. But if you put me on a desert island and I only could have one band's catalog, it'd be the Rolling Stones. I fucking absolutely love the stones stem to stern I, well, yeah. you know i mean what what i wanted to add following this this review of jumping jack flash is just how different all of our opinions are mm -hmm. yeah i mean I, I think that's great i mean one song mark is like i love it and the rest of us are like huh and then the other song we love it and mark's like huh, huh? Well, i mean I, I, it's I, awesome i mean that's the true three sides philosophy here the next song, Politician by Cream. Well, it, it, uh, what, can I say one last thing about the Stones thing? One other song that I would have loved to have seen him cover if he was choosing a Rolling Stones song would have been Saint of Me. I think he would have done a phenomenal job with that as well. So, like I said, midpoint, I'm very happy. So so next song, because it seems like Mark, Mark's got food on his mind because he's moving us along he here. He's um, well, just, just trying to look, the guys, look, they, they can only stare at Lisa for so long. No, they can't. Like, <laughs> no, they true. can't. Um, next up, 
Politician um, by Cream. Ace, uh, oh, wait a second. I had this. Oh, wait a second. Oh, John Five's on two songs. That's why. That's why. Ace okay. Fraley on vocals and guitars. John Five on guitars. Alex Salzman on bass. Matt Starr on drums. Mark. All right, Politician by Cream. Now, when when I was a younger, when I was a kid just learning how to play drums, and when I was really getting into drums, I loved Ginger Baker. Um, and as you know, on Origins, they did uh, White Room, I think. And they do yeah. White Room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Politician's a deep track. It wasn't one I was really a big fan of. And it's funny, too, for as much as I'm a geeky guitar guy, I was never, don't worry, I like him. And I really like the Cream stuff a lot, which is, you know, I like actually like Cream a lot better than the rest of the Eric Clapton catalog. But I, there's better Cream tunes. I didn't think this this is this is my second hiccup on the record. Wasn't crazy about this song. The guitar playing's good, um, but I just didn't think this song hit. I didn't like the the way he sang it. And if you guys are from, and if I tell you the song name, you may not know it. But if, if if you go and Google the song, you go, oh, fuck, I've heard that on classic rock a million two, times. Song choice, I think you should have done Badge. Badge would have been a much, much better song to do. It's a way better song. It flows better. It's got a, a great verse. It's it's a song I think he could have sang better. So, But maybe it was chosen like, because it's a uh, an election year. It might have been, but like I said, I just think, you know, musically speaking, I think Badge would have been a, a stronger song to do. Um, so this one, I really didn't. This is probably my least favorite song on the record. Lisa? I was on mute. Did you give it a minute, Mark? Yes. Okay. See, now, again, I thought that song was fantastic. Again, I've never heard that song before. Not a big Cream fan, but the opening riff of that song I thought was awesome. And I'd probably say that ranks in my top three off the album. Really? I really, really, really like that song. I don't know. It's just gritty. I don't know. It was something about yeah, it. I just loved it. It is. It's very gritty. I just, again, you know, and that's what I was saying earlier, I, I think... Badges is, is, is a, the word poppy is wrong, but it, it flows a lot better, and I just think it would have been a better cover. <laughs> what do I know? Tommy? I liked it. I thought it was great. I was not familiar with it because I've never been a huge Cream fan, but I know that they had a huge impact on, on Ace, so I'm not surprised to see it. I thought maybe the fact that we are in, like I said, an election year had something to do with it. I couldn't argue to say one way or the other if it should have been this one or something else because I just don't know the Cream catalog that well. But I enjoyed it. Again, I this this record is different to me. It's it's very much a, like a trip back to the early 70s. Yeah. I so listening like to it better than the first one. Oh, I do. I right. love it. I I could listen yeah. to the song. I can listen to this album every day. Origins one. Was the, 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 this feels like it goes deeper into his yeah. origins than Origins one did. Yeah, there's something different yeah. about this one. It's hard to say. I mean, there's a few songs on Origins one that I just absolutely can't stop listening to. 
So it's tough for me to say it's better, but I guess I would have to say it probably is because it's more diverse and I like the song choices better overall. Um, But it, it takes me right back to being a kid um, living at home with my parents and my older brother having his bedroom right next to mine, pounding out songs like this. He was listening to Cream and Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and a lot of these bands. So there's also, even though I didn't know the song, there's just a familiar, it's a familiarity feel to it. But yeah, I, I thought it was great. Like a nostalgic kind of a thing. Yeah, it felt it felt comfortable, you know. Like your favorite pair of shoes. Or your favorite Steelers top. Nostalgic, <laughs> yeah. familiar. Um, I am with Tommy and Lisa in the set sense that not a Cream fan, never heard this song, don't really know their catalog that well. Um, but my overall feeling of this song goes right along with Mark. I had a three-letter review. Ugh. I mean that it was just it was like oh this was just a this was a tough one to listen to. My my only caveat for this is that at least he didn't do crossroads. And I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that that's yeah. one that you know I it's don't know. I that song. Matter of fact, if I had to rate my favorite cream uh, uh, uh the live record of them doing crossroads prime I would be tied for number one and number two with with White Room. White Room is just important to me because if you're a drummer and drummers, this is like podcast for twelve, you know. <laughs> but if you're that dun, 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 that drum beat is so different from any standard sort of four four or shuffle or something, and you know, much like the Doors, "Hello, I Love You," doom doom bam bam, that that just had some really cool syncopation, and I always was always drawn to that. I always thought that was cool. But anyways, yeah, like I said, I this song. Whatever, a little too grindy, but I'm happy. I'd rather put it this way: I'd rather have had him do Politician than Crossroads. So, okay. So up next, Lola by the Kinks. Ace Fraley on vocals and guitars. Alex Salzman on bass. Matt Starr on drums. Lara Cove on backing vocals. Mark. Oh boy, we had two snags in a row with this one. (laughs) Look, I love this song. I'm a huge Kings fan. Huge Kings fan. Um, (laughs) This one, this one did not. It's autobiographical for you. (laughs) Okay, for our listeners who don't know, listen. Google the lyrics to Lola. Okay, Google the lyrics. But uh, this one, this one just, you know, it just didn't work. I like the acoustic. I love, I, I, this one of the original. And plus he didn't cop Davies, you know, Ray Davies vocal. Well, it, it, you know, it's funny. Cause if you're, if you're a big Kinks fan, I don't know what it was like in your neck of the woods, but both the studio and the live version, which came out, you know, 15 years later, but. Both of those versions got a ton of airplay in Detroit, so oh, that, that was the, yeah. The live the live version is what got me hooked on the song. That was all over radio in the summer that it came out in Minneapolis, eighty one or so. Anyways, yeah. that that's great. I, I, again, big Kinks fan. This one, it just this is probably the one, even more so than Politician, that didn't work. But so, that's so. But my last thing on song choice, 
I wish you would have done Catch Me Now I'm Falling because I love that song. Um, off the, I think that's off low budget. Um, matter of fact, that would have been a cool tune to do as well. The title track again, big Kinks fan. Um, this one just didn't work. Lisa, I like the Kinks. I like the song, and I like the way Ace Ace's vocals. I thought on the song were awesome. He put his own like Ace spin on it. You know, kind of like that drawn ace vocal to it. I really like that. I really like the song. Tommy. This is the only one that I was not a fan of. Uh, I, but and it's not because of ace. I don't like the song to start with. It just well, never was. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I didn't hear it. I said a little too close to home. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I would, if he was going to cover a kink song, I would, I think a good one would have been destroyer. Oh. That would have been cool. Cause not only is it a tie into the name of a kiss record, but it's an up tempo song. That's a little poppier. So I guess this would be the only one of the, of all the songs I would just skip. I would continue to skip over. Um, like I said earlier, I love, the Kinks version of Lola. I think it's just a great song. This cover is probably my biggest disappointment on this album. That it, I wanted it to be so much better than it was. Um, my my comment was needs more singing, less talking, and especially at the start of the song, it felt like he was really just talking his vocals and not even singing. By the middle and to the end of the song, he was starting to sing more. But it's just like, no, you know, I don't know. I, I it, It's if you've been listening to us for years, you know, I've got a problem with Ace's vocals, except see, for that's what I liked about the song is that he didn't actually. But it didn't it, did, it didn't it didn't it didn't it didn't it for me. It just didn't work. It's like you're just talking over the music here at the start of this song, you know. Go get somebody who can sing it. Go go get another guest vocalist. You know, like part, Ray Davies. You know that would have been cool. Yeah. You know, know, I mean, he's got guests. He's got a couple other guest vocalists. He's got um, John Five on guitar. You know, and I'm I don't know what's going on behind the scenes of the making of the album, but I would have loved to have seen more guest vocalists across this. Because I, I, I will stick to what I said on most album reviews. I'm I'm playing this, the album to listen to Ace Fraley's guitar playing. That's first and foremost what it is all about for me is his guitar playing. Not because Ace Fraley is a great lead vocalist. So when you've got an opportunity like this, you know, and he, he reached out and he got Lita Ford and, and coming up here, the, the next track... He's got Robin Zander on it. Why not get a couple other? His last album, he had Paul Stanley guest on. You know, I think this could have been a great song. I just think it needed a different vocalist, in my opinion. Um, so up next, 30 Days in the Hole. Featuring Ace Fraley on guitars, Robin Zander on vocals, Alex Salzman on bass, Matt Starr, drums, and percussion. 
Mark. Well, I got to admit, I, I like this. And if anybody here has ever paid attention to the T-shirt rotation, I've worn a Humble Pie shirt more than a few times. I am a huge fan of Steve Marriott. By the way, I thought that was just a restaurant you went to. Nice. But I always if I've always liked to point out to the younger fans, if you want to know what Paul Stanley's copying, yep. uh, especially in the 70s, go listen to some old Humble Pie. That whole singing and screaming and Paul Stanley will tell you. He'll admit it. He got it. Yeah. I mean, no two ways about it. He's he went to the uh, the school of Steve Marriott, how it's done. Um, with that said, I got to admit, I thought just reading the song credits that this would be the best song on the record. I thought it was a can't miss going to be incredible. And it maybe I'm disappointed because I expected a lot more with that said, it doesn't suck. Robin Zander's Robin Zander. It's cool, but I just didn't think they captured the vibe of the original. Um, I, it's funny because my review is basically just thought it would be better. And and let me tell you, it doesn't suck. It's not like, oh, this is horrible. Or it's not like the, the politician song where I went, eh, I wish I wouldn't have done it. It's good. It's just okay. Um, with that said, with Robin Zander, I would have rather have had heard the, um, if you have the Rock and the Fillmore record, the, 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 the live version of Come On, Everybody, I, I would rather have heard that with Robin singing. It's... You know, again, God, this I just thought this was going to be a whole lot better. It, again, doesn't suck. Just it didn't hit the mark that I put on it. And that's probably on me. Hopefully you guys liked it. It's 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 just good. That's it. Lisa. Lisa. Um, so like Lisa, I hear it all the time. Um, so it's not overplayed, but that's like the most famous humble pie song. At least I think so. Um. You know, I thought it was okay. I, I think Robin Zander did a great job. Um, but not not one of my favorites on the album. Um, but it wasn't bad by any way, shape, or form. Just not not one of my favorites. Tommy. That's all I got. I've always liked Humble Pie, but I don't know a ton of their material. But I know this song. I thought it was fantastic. It was what I was hoping for for years is to have Robin Zander sing with it, with Ace Fraley playing. So to me, this was a special treat and it lived up to what I was hoping that it would be, but I don't have the deep love and appreciation for humble pie like Mark does. So I don't have that battle. So for me, I was able to just kind of look at it, you know, as an outsider and I thought it was fantastic. Great choice. Um, I will start by saying this is not the best song on the album, but that doesn't mean I don't love this. Um, my comment goes like this. Okay, this is much better. Great vocals and a great guitar player. This is exactly what the album should be like. I just, you know... Is it the best song? No, but it's the best combination of Ace Fraley playing lead guitar with a great Robin Zander, great, great lead vocalist. It just works. It works really well. Yeah. Um, all right. Up next, 
Manic Depression. Ace Fraley, vocals and guitars. Bruce Kulick on guitars. Alex Salzman on bass. And Matt Starr on drums. Mark. Um, Manic Depression, A, it's i I'm not a, it's funny because I'm a casual Jimi Hendrix fan. I like Jimi Hendrix. I, I know the, you know, the big songs. Um, I'm not a bootleg collector, but I'm just above a bootleg collector. You know what I mean? I'm not, excuse me, just below a bootleg collector. It's not, I like them, but not enough to get geeky about it. Um, with that said, I think this could be, along with the mountain song, could be the best song on the record. I really like it. And I think much like the mountain song, this one meant a lot to Ace. You can hear, like, this is this is where Ace learned how to play guitar, by listening to Jimi Hendrix, by listening to Leslie West. Those are guys that he dug, and you can tell. Um, I, 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 I really, really like this one. I, I also got to admit, too, I freaking love the original. It's one of my favorite Hendrix tunes. And I'm glad that he didn't do, like, Red House, or he didn't do Voodoo Child. You know what I mean? It was nice that he did this one, you know? Um, if I had to choose another one, um, maybe Crosstown Traffic would have been cool. Um, good. Yeah, I really, matter of fact, not just good, it was great. Two thumbs up. I, I really like this one. Lisa? Okay, not a, not a big Jimi Hendrix fan. Um, and not saying I don't appreciate it or, you know, acknowledge, the, acknowledge him, but not a big Jimi Hendrix fan, but I thought again, this was another one of my favorites um, on the, on the album. Uh, you know, you, like Mark said, you know, Ace loved Jimi Hendrix, and so does Bruce. So when you put those two together, you could hear um, the passion in that song. And I'm and I'm glad that he did not do like Far or something like that, uh, and kind of did this one, which was a little off kilter, and I love it. So this this was another one of my my favorites um, off the album. Tommy? Um, yeah, I, I liked it because, again, it goes back to that familiarity of the 70s classic rock. And it's interesting to see him take a song or an artist that you know he loves and recreate that song the way he does things. So... It wouldn't be a song I would normally listen to, be it uh, Jimi Hendrix's version, because I'm not a big Jimi Hendrix fan, never have been. Um, but I thought it was, a, it, again, it's it's a perfect fit for this record. Because it's, like what Lisa was saying earlier, this really speaks to who he is as an artist by the choices he made. Yeah. Um. I will start with I'm also not a big Jimi Hendrix fan. Um, honestly, if Jimi Hendrix comes on the radio or pops up in rotation somewhere, I'm usually hitting the fast-forward button and going somewhere else. Um, I think it's great that we get to hear Ace and Bruce on a track together. Yeah. I think this is a perfect track to showcase both of those guys playing guitar. I mean, to what you said, Lisa, it's like, you know, this is Hendrix, huge influence on these two guys. They're playing. 
you know, just just do a Jimi Hendrix guitar solo between Ace and Bruce, and I'd be even happier. Um, all right, up next, Kicks by Paul Revere and the Raiders. Ace Fraley on vocals and guitars, Alex Saltzman bass guitars, and Matt Starr on drums. Mark. This is, when I saw the track listing, this is the only song I said to myself at the time that I didn't know. And then when I heard it and went, oh, I know this song. Um, I didn't know well, but I'm like, they, you kept thinking they said dicks, and that's why you were unfamiliar. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Yep, yep. All right. Good night, everybody. It's been a great show. Tommy, touche. That was good. That was good. Um, Sorry. Please continue. <laughs> that's good. Um, how do I follow that? Um, you can't. Anyways, um, a one word review and we'll move, we'll go to Lisa. Filler next. Lisa. Um man, I don't really know this song that well. It was it was another fun song. Um That's I neither here nor there. Tommy? I liked it. Because I think Paul Revere and the Raider had, Raiders had a lot of great hits in the 60s. But the thing that I, the first thought I had was I was surprised that he didn't cover something by the Dave Clark Five because they're a little bit heavier, more of a heavy pop band than Paul Revere. But it fits. You know, this was something that was all over the radio probably in the late 60s. It's a well known pop hit from the 60s. And it's, it suits his vocal style, and, and it's pretty straightforward. It's just it's a great pop song. I thought it was great. Yeah. You know, when, when I saw this on the track listing, my first thought was, Paul Revere and the Raiders? Ace is what? what yeah, I, I was too. just like, this. what kind of match is this? Um, and by the song title, didn't know it, but once I heard it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've heard this a million times. It's a great song. Um, my, my, right. my, my main comment was... This is another song that's a great vocal match for Ace Frehley's singing style. I thought it just worked great. I thought it was a fun song. It was a quirky song. It was an Ace Frehley song. And it fit his vocals very well. So two thumbs up for me on this one. Yeah, it worked. Um, up next... We got to get out of this place by the animals. And uh, Ace Fraley does vocals, guitars, and bass. Matt Starr on drums. Mark. I got to admit, uh, this one has a little backstory for it for me. Um, I like this song a lot. I always liked it when I was a kid. Um, I as we've talked about many times, I've seen literally thousands of concerts. And I got to tell you, Liz and I went and saw Mr. Eric Burden open up for, I want to think it was Paul Rogers. This was probably in the late 90s, early 2000s. It was one of those things we were at this outdoor venue. And just, I'm like, do we really got to go sit through Eric Burden? I'm like, I just, I was just there because I'm a big bad company guy. I just want to see Paul Rogers. And we got our drinks and we sat down. Eric, Burden fucking killed it. Loved him. I've loved him ever since. Did he spill the wine? 
He did. Let me tell you, one of the happiest concert. I was so glad that I watched him. That guy, that I swear to God, after he was done, I'm like, well, now I see why this guy's got, a, at the time, 40-year career. This motherfucker can sing. And let me tell you, so I just wanted to say that Eric Burden is really, really good. Did, did, and, did, you, have, did you have more fun than making out at Ted Nugent? No, that, that is a highlight. Um, <laughs> but I did really enjoy uh, it. This song also, too, because as a cover, much like the, you know, I'm, I'm down thing, you know, I, I hear the Aerosmith version whenever I hear that in my head. Um, Bloyster Colt covered this um, on their Some Enchanted Evening record, and I dig their version. So, again, I had a little battle going on because I love the song. I love the original. I love the BOC cover. But this one come out good. I liked it. it. It it took a couple spins to go. Okay, get it, got it. This is good. So I thought I thought everything about this was good. Um, again, I always associate that associate the song with "Some Enchanted Evening" because that's right up there with "Kiss Alive" for me. Because um, I love that record to death. So it's so I know the song very well. Good song, great stuff. Ace, good job. That's it. Lisa. Um. This song is like a little overplayed. Again, I got, I was sitting there thinking, you know, when you work at a radio station, you hear the same, you know, like Lola, you hear the same songs, you know, kind of come over and over again. And this was one of those songs that, that was played a lot. But I really liked this. I, I was, when I first saw it, I'm like, but then when I listened to it, I really, really liked it. And I liked the way that Ace did it. I liked his singing on it. Um, so for, a track that would usually be like a fast forward for me. I, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. Tommy. I liked it again in my, my wheelhouse. I know the song. Well, I had several of the animals records when I was a kid from my brother and sisters and Eric Burden, I think was like 17 when this song was recorded. If I'm not mistaken, he was very young, kind of like, um, what's his name in the Herman's Hermit. So a lot of these pop guys in the sixties, Peter Noon were in their teen years. Um, It just, it suits his vocal style. It suits the vibe of the record. Again, it was another walk down memory lane. I thought it was a great cover. I enjoyed it. Yeah. My, my review of this would almost be identical to kicks. When I saw this on the track listing, I'm kind of going the animals really. Okay. What is this going to be like? Um, but it's another great song to match Ace's vocal styles. I loved it. it. Turned out great. It was fun. It's just a great fit for Ace. Yeah. Um, all right. Last song on the album. Um, he goes super deep, pulls out this massively obscure song by somebody none of us have ever heard of. It's called She... By this band Kiss. And Ace Fraley plays guitar on this version. I don't know, does he play guitar on the original version? Yes. Well, not on the original <laughs> guitar solo. Um, <laughs> so technically it is kind of like a cover. And 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 then the rest of his band the rest of the band on this is filled out by the rock and roll residency, his backing band, except for drums which are by Paul Simmons. 
So this is this is really cool. You know, if you're a fan of Ace Frehley, his solo touring band, and of like, I want them to record something, they did here. Yeah. You got to get this for she. I'll let Mark start the review. Well, I tell you what, um, nice little memory from December of 2019 uh, when the Rock and Roll Residency guys, hi, Phil, hi, hi everybody. Um, thank you. Uh, when they sound checked, they sound checked without Ace, but they sound checked she, and it was sounded awesome. So it was really cool, you know, to hear hear it with Ace, you know, with all those guys. Um, it's great, and also, you know, we've talked about this on the show before. You do realize that Ace nicked this solo from the Doors, uh, from a song called Five to One, uh, literally almost note for note. So if you uh, want to go check out the Doors song Five to One, and you'll go, hey. That sounds like the solo from She, because it is. <laughs> that's where that's where Ace copied from. So the door is stole from Kiss. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, that's what the Kiss Army's going to say. <laughs> yeah, Kiss yeah. Army will say that. But, anyways, all kidding aside, I, I think this is really cool. It's super heavy, and uh, I love the little bonus. Uh, the end of Let Me Know slash She from the live record is on there. Tons of great Ace playing. And, Mike, you were talking about uh, a bonus. I would have been nice to have Gene come in and sing this. Um, don't get me wrong. Ace did a great job. But if they were going to have Gene come in and guest, this would have been the one to have it on. Um, two thumbs way up. Really dig it. Love the extended jamming at the end. Um, and I'm sure we'll do an overall review at the end, so I'll leave it that. The lovely Lisa is next. Okay. My favorite Kiss song of all time. It's one of my very favorites. I thought this song was fantastic. One thing I didn't like was during that breakdown where the bass is kind of like more prominent, no offense drummers, but the drummer, the drumming was a little bit too prominent when you hear the bass as I much. I thought the bass was down low on the mix too. Lisa, but we were talking about production earlier. It may be different because we're all hearing this on computer True. speakers. True, yeah. And yeah. Because overall, to, well, I'll get to that, like keep keep going, but I had the same when I, I had the same thought you did. Yeah, I was just, you know, that don't, don't. You want to hear the bass there. Yeah, I want to hear, like, deep bass, and all I heard was drums, and I, I felt like I was struggling to hear it. Um, but I, I, that's my favorite song, Kiss song of all time, and I loved it. That's my, my only little tweak, was that I didn't hear that bass. And to me, that's what makes that song, is that, that bass song, that little bass piece right there. So, overall, if that was just up a little bit, it would be awesome. But it doesn't matter, because I loved it anyway. It was she, and that's my favorite song of all time. Tommy? I thought it was great, and I'm glad that Gene didn't come and sing on it because we have versions with him singing on it. So for me, it was cool to see Ace sing on it. It was great. I liked the extended jam. I, I thought it was wonderful, and as always, the residency guys. Although, uh, keep, keep in mind, guys, at least according to the album credits, Ace does not do vocals on this. Interesting. It's He only does guitars. Ryan, Jeremy, and Phil... Do yeah, all the vocals. I'm do the vocals. Yeah. Did I not hear it right? Apparently not. You might have been focusing on the instruments. Maybe. I, I, I've only listened to it a couple times so far. So, But at any rate, I thought it was wonderful. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I loved it. You know, I started with How Can Anything Be Wrong With This? It's a great Kiss tune. It's great guitars by Ace Fraley on this, and the vocals from the Rock and Roll Residency. 
you know, it was it was a great job. I mean, I got good vocals and I got Ace Frehley guitars. I'm extremely happy. That again is what I want to hear through an entire album like this. So I I got nothing wrong with she. It's it's worth the price of admission. Is it the best song on there? No. Um, but if you're gonna do a Kiss cover, it's a great one to cover. Exactly. Exactly. You know, let let's sort of end. I'll I'll say, and this can change from day to day or week to week. But right now, I probably like the Beatles. I'm down best off of the entire album. Mark, what do you think's the best track? Um, by far, and it's a and it's a stone cold tie, as they'd say. Uh, the mountain tune and the Hendrix tune are my two favorites. Lisa. Um, I like the uh, Supreme tune, and can I can I vote for the Kiss tune or no? You can do as much as you want, baby. It's your show. <laughs> um, I'm gonna do. I, I love that Cream song, um, and I'm gonna do. I'll say Manic Depression is my Manic Depression is my second, and then the She is my third. Tommy. That's tough because I really like a lot of these. I would say never in my life, I'm down, 30 days in the hole, kicks, and we got to get out of this place are the highlights. Why did you do so many more than three? Because Mark changes the rules. That's no, all yeah. right. Yeah. I'd rather beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. <laughs> That's how I roll. <laughs> Sounds like I'm trying to tell you what a safe word is next. Nice. <laughs> um, so I, I think overall, we all give this album a thumbs up. Yes. Well done, Ace. It's It really does a great job going deep into your origins. Yeah. yeah. I'm very happy with it. Too. I love the concept. And, and, and again, and I think we, I, maybe Tommy may be the only exception here. I, I like this one overall because Tom, you said you like the first one a lot. Well, no, I can't. I, Lisa was asking me that, and I can't necessarily say that. I haven't listened to this one enough to tell you if I like it better or not from the first one because I really liked a lot of the stuff on the first one. So it's tough, but this has been fantastic. I will tell you, I liked all these covers more than most of the ones he's done over the years. And I'm going to tell you, I'm very vocal. I do not like the Steve Miller cover that he did of the Joker. I don't like the sweet cover that he did. No, 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 no. Oh, yes, 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 my dear. No, no, no. That sweet cover. Woo! Well, and the artwork is really cool, too. Yeah, it's great. But, I, you know, like like Lisa was saying, too, just to to piggyback, um, to... We, I think just because I've heard premixes many a times through computer speakers, what you really listen for there is that you can hear everything. And I can hear everything with the caveat that Lisa brought up. I had the same issue during She. It's like the bass dropped out. Yeah. Now, bass is usually the hardest thing to hear through computer speakers in a rock song. It's usually the right. hardest thing. 
So that's I why I have to reserve some of the judgment to when we physically have a copy of it. Correct, to correct. But I will tell you, when I was listening overall, I could hear everything because that's just something I tune into naturally. But that song is funny because Lisa, boom, I, the same thing. When when that came on, I did the I had the same reaction you did. I'm like, what the fuck? Where'd it go? It like disappeared. Headphones on. Like I had oh, my headphones I just to regular. Yeah. Anyways, overall, I'm going to say um, I like the way it sounds. I think it's got a good full body sound. Um, I think Ace does a great job throughout, even in the in the songs I didn't care for too much. A lot to love Ace wise. Um, again, I like this one a lot better than the first one, and I liked the first one. This this one just tell you what you're gonna go out and get this man you guys are gonna be really happy i'm very yeah. happy and i can't wait to go out and get a you know buy a physical copy you can't be an ace fairly fan and not love this it's a fun album it is yeah, it really yeah. Fun it is. Album. it takes you back to you know nostalgic and and you know the 60s 70s it's a, it's a fun album i agree so i'm gonna pull a little trick from the late great Steve Jobs here and just let you guys know we've got one more thing to surprise you with here when we got done with this review we sat down with Ace Fraley for I don't know 15 20 minutes and we got to talk to him so if you just let it continue to roll if you stuck it out long enough you get to listen to us interview Ace Fraley about Origins Volume 2. Surprise. Surprise. Having Lisa on was not the only surprise. With my new but a lovely one, nevertheless. How you guys doing? Awesome. I'm really good, Ace. How you been, man? Hi, Ace. Oh, great. You guys have been very gracious and with your reviews on my past albums. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Well, we're we're so the pleasure we to talk you. to you guys. You guys always make sense and understand, you know, where I'm coming from since you have so much background with Kiss, you know. Absolutely. Well we support you, Ace. Thank you. Know? So 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 Ace, so let, let let let's 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 talk about your new album Origins Two. Origins Volume Two comes out September eighteenth. Right. Uh today you just dropped a brand new single. I'm yeah, down by the Beatles. Turned out today. I just found, <laughs> I just found out from the previous <laughs> interview. <laughs> uh, I never, I never, I never really imagined myself singing a Paul McCartney song. I don't know how I pulled that off, but uh, it was awesome. Somehow I did. You know, I never considered myself a lead vocalist, but I guess people consider me a lead vocalist now. Your 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 recording is is a is is great. It's a perfect match, and you really made it feel like an Ace Frehley tune. Thank you. John Five did a great guitar solo on that, and then me and him rip rip off at the end of the song. And uh, I you know I, you know a lot of times you hear lyrics, and you when you think back, you know, in your memory. I never really knew every lyric in it, in that song, you know, and uh, it's interesting when you, uh, we do a song and words that you thought were something else are actually something else. 
you know, as far as your memory is concerned. And, uh, but it was fun doing that song. You know, I've never done a Beatles song before. And uh, it, it, was, uh, it was a real treat for me. How did you go about picking that one? I think, well, I thought it was it was it was real rock and roll. You know, it was. I think that song is a little. Um, it's much more rock and roll than most of the Beatles songs at the time that they did. You know, it was really more a heavier, harder rock and roll song, and uh, McCartney really belts it out like he does in Helter Skelter. And uh, that's why I picked that song. Excellent. Hey, Ace, I really enjoyed uh, the mountain tune, and I was very happy that you didn't do Mississippi Queen or like Nantucket Sleigh Rider, something that, you know, kind of dove into the mountain catalog a little bit. Uh, why uh, Never In My Life? And I got to admit, that is my favorite song off the new record. Uh, really think I always... I always loved that guitar riff, you know, and, you know, as time, as time progressed and I, you know, Kiss became famous, I ended up meeting Leslie West and we became friends. I ended up going to his house one night and hanging out with them and, you know, our paths have crossed over the years. And, uh, I've always, I've always admired his guitar playing because he, you know, he always, he never played fast. You know, he always put his solos together very melodically and was sparse. You know, sometimes less is more. And, you know, that's Leslie West all the way, you know, from top to bottom. And uh, he just knew how to place the notes in the right place. And uh, it was fun trying to emulate his solo. I changed it a little, you know, and put a little spin on it. But, you know, I copied probably half of the licks from him. Well, that's one of the things I like throughout the record, and another great example of that is uh, is jumping that flash. I love the acisms, as I call them, the bends that you throw in that obviously aren't part of the original. Because let's face it, that's a song we've all heard a million times. But I, you you put so many great, as I call them, acisms throughout the song, really right from the start. And I thought this, uh, Lita did a kick-ass job on the vocals as well. Yeah, Bill. Bill O'Coin used to say, "You got ace. You got to aceify it." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I I don't feel comfortable playing a solo note for note. I always have to, you know, put, put a little ace spin on it and aceify it. And uh, I think my fans want that. You know, they want me to put my stamp on something. You know, anybody can just copy something note for note. But uh. You know, it was fun, you know, playing around with, with, the, with, with, with the melody that was originally written and just, you know, putting my, my little uh, stamp on it. That's, that's the whole idea behind Origins, is just for me to have fun with uh, and record songs from bands that influenced me when I was growing up. Ace, this is Tommy. How you doing, man? Hey, Tommy. What's up? Um, I would love to hear uh, the thing that's interesting to me about one as well as origins two is this is your growing up, your teenage years, all that. Can you tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up in the, and how some of these songs tie into uh, being so important to you that you added them to this uh, new CD? 
Well, you know, the opening track, Good Times, Bad Times, you know, I remember when I first put on Led Zeppelin 1, which opened up with Good Times, Bad Times. And I think that's just such a heavy, amazing song. And I didn't, you know, for a while, I didn't think I was going to be able to sing it. I think we dropped the, I think I detuned to, to D so I could, you know, hit the notes. And, yeah. uh, but it, it was so much fun to do a Zeppelin song. I mean, I saw Led Zeppelin's first New York appearance when they opened up Brian Butterfly back in, uh, in the sixties, they were at the Fillmore East and I was only about 16, 17 years old. And, uh, after Led Zeppelin went off, half the people in the audience left. I felt really bad for Ryan Butterfly, who were the headliners. <laughs> yeah. Imagine being a headliner and half the people leave after the opening act. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. So, so when you were listening to these songs and making the decisions, did it take you back to you know listening to this music in your bedroom or you know hanging out in uh, the city or what what kind of what kind of thing did some of this stuff bring back to you memory-wise? It, it definitely brought me back to the Bronx, back to my bedroom when I used to, you know, a lot of times, you know, it was, there was only vinyl then, you know? Yeah. There were no, there was no digital music. There was no cassette. And, you know, a lot of times I'd slow down a record if I couldn't figure out the guitar solo. I'd slow the solo down to try to figure out what kind of notes the guy was playing because I, I, I never took a guitar lesson. So, you know, a lot of times I, I couldn't figure something out at, at the, at the regular speed. So I'd slow it down with the record and, uh, you know, stuff like that, you know, it brings back memories of, you know, what was, uh, that, you know, all these bands influenced me, you know, greatly and, uh, made me what I am today. Hi, um, it's Lisa. Um, Hi, Lisa. How are you? Um, Great. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the songs on the album um, was "Politician," which um, is actually one of my favorite songs off the album. Um, what What made you choose that particular Cream song? Well, I wanted to do a Cream song, you know. And, you know, the first thing that came to mind was Sunshine to Your Love. But, you know, that was like everybody just familiar with that song. Not everybody's familiar with Politician, but it's a great riff song. And I've always been a stickler for great riff songs. And uh, I like the message of the song. I like I like the and what what I thought was a, what was a lot of fun recording it was I got John Five to double the guitar solo with me because if uh if you listen to the creams version clapton's doing two 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 tracks of solos simultaneously so rather than me play two solos simultaneously i got john five to play one solo while i was playing another one over it and we cross-faded it with pro tools so if you listen to it with headphones you know mine goes from left to right and john goes from right to left and uh, that was a lot of fun, and, and we did it in like one take. Yeah, it's a fantastic song, and it's a song I'm not familiar with. So that was after I listened to it, it the the riffs, the heaviness. It was it was amazing. Thank you. It's it's my daughter's favorite song as well, Monique. 
Ace, I you, guess us women have good taste. You sure do. <laughs> hey, Ace, you've got a couple guest vocalists. You've got Lita Ford on one track, Jumpin' Jack Flash, and you've got uh, Robin Zander on 30 Days in the Hole. Talk about bringing both of them in to do this. Well, I bumped into Robin several years ago. You know, we're old friends because, you know, Chief Turk used to open for Kiss in the 70s. And uh, Robin expressed, uh, you know, a desire to, to sing on one of my records. And I never forgot him saying that to me. And, uh, when it, you know, when it, when it came time to do this record, I wanted to do a Humble Pie song, but I knew I wasn't going to be able to sing anything close to what Steve Marriott sang of sang or something like but I, I thought of Robin Zander and I know I know he could hit the notes so uh, I always loved 30 Days in the Hole and uh, you know I called up Robin and uh, sent him the, an MP3 of it and uh, he did a fabulous yeah. job on the vocals well, and he's one and of then, you know when it just... came to and then with, with Lita Ford you know Lita's like my sister you know I've known Lita since the very early days of the Runaways, they used to open up for Kiss for a couple of shows. I used to date Jackie Fox, uh, and me and Lita have been friends forever. So she spent the weekend at my house in in California, and I coached her on that vocal for two days, you know, and got her, you know, I got her all, uh, what's the word? I got her all pepped up. <laughs> we, you know, there's no more coke. Fool around with you know, because I'm clean now. But uh, you know, we drank some coffee. Okay. I got her excited that I was coaching her, and I I told her, I go, you can kill, you can kill this song, you can hit those high notes if you just belt it out. And uh, you know, I coached her, I, I and I, I'm really happy with her vocal performance. I I loved what you did at the end of the song because Ace, I'm I'm calling from Detroit. I'm from uh, I'm from Detroit, and the hearing the MC5 thing uh, at the end um, was really cool. Hey, and I know you're you're a Jimmy McCarty fan too. I was wondering if you ever do an, uh, an Origins three, any chance of uh, hearing some MC5 or some Mitch Ryder, you know, any of that kind of Detroit rock and roll in in the future. I'd love to do that. I, I've already promised an interviewer last week that I, I'm, I promise when I do Origins Volume 3, which I'm slated to do after the next studio record I do for E1, because I just re-signed with them recently for three more albums. But uh, I promised an interviewer I'd do a Doors song. And, you know, I used to do Doors songs all the time, you know, when I played clubs, so... I'm trying to figure out what door song I'm going to do. And uh, I definitely wanted to do an MC5 song. I just don't know if I can sing it. I might have to get somebody else to sing it. I mean, Kick Out the Jams is such a great song. Uh, you could almost do a gang vocal in that or Ramblin' Rose, uh, you know. Well, what, would be a, what would be a second choice for an MC5 song? Ramblin' Rose. Ramblin' Rose. Ramblin' Rose, that's a great song, too. Yeah, I mean, they were such a powerful band. And, oh, uh, you know, never incredible. got the... Uh, I think, you know, they never got the credit they deserved. And I think, you know, a lot of it had to do with the fact that they had bad management. And didn't well, get yeah, the break. Yeah, but they were hardly choir boys, either. 
song you mentioned um audio video um backstage pass audio video uh, has a chance of, of possibly being revisited i would you love know, that. Sean Delaney, that song sean delaney turned me on to that song you know and i thought it was a little a little reminiscent of deuce to an extent uh very powerful song and uh you know that there's several demos that I've I've heard on the internet that have leaked out over the years and you know I may revisit some of them and rewrite them for for example uh all for one would be a good one what was the song I I rewrote the song Life Liberty in the Pursuit of Rock and Roll I've recorded that song three separate times but I was never fully happy with the end result but you know on uh, on my last album Spaceman when I rewrote it i ended up changing the chorus because uh on the original chorus every time every chord was descending and uh i came up with the idea on the last version of uh life liberty to pursue the rock and roll to change the lyric and go up on the every on every other uh chord you know the, the first uh run of chords descends and then the, the second line goes up and I think that's what made the chorus more interesting for me and not as you know just uh, mundane and uh, a couple of other changes I think I rewrote the bridge on that and uh, so that's why that song ended up on a record finally but you know there's so many songs out there I've worked on you know that have made it and haven't made it and you know you never know I mean the you know yeah, the chorus for the, the chorus for uh, rocking with the boys I wrote 25 years ago, but I, mm. I could never get the verses right until uh, this last record, Spaceman. <laughs> well, and the nice thing to me, like, because I'm so familiar with all of these songs because I have older brothers and older sisters, so the amount of music you could choose from for the next origins is amazing. You've got Dave Clark five MC five. There's so many bands you probably are influenced by that. You haven't even done anything with yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember seeing the Dave Clark five movie. I, I remember going to the movies to see that, you know, they were a great band, you know, there's so huge fan of the Kinks. You know, yep. I'm a huge fan of the Kinks, and uh, you know, I was so happy to be able to do another Kinks song. You know, definitely another group that was underrated. 
that never got the, the praise they deserve. Um, but, you know, there's so many bands out there that influenced me. I mean, the whole English invasion, it's pretty much, you know, took over my life, you know, when I was a mid-teenager, you know, 15, 16. It was that whole, you know, the whole the whole English invasion just took took over. It changed music. You know, yeah. it really did. Pretty much. Pretty much. And, you know, back in those days, all of those bands... You know, Hendrix, Crame, The Who, uh, Led Zeppelin. You know, you knew it was, you, you didn't really have to hear much of the song to know what band it was. You know, they all had their distinct style. You know, the Jefferson Airplane even, you know. Yeah. And uh, t- today, you know, I, I turn on the radio and I listen to music and I just don't hear, I don't hear, you know, everything is, is a lot of it sounds cookie cutter to me. You know, everything's oh, been done already. I say, that, I say that on the show all the time, Ace. You were, you know, let's face it, back in the 70s, you, Billy Gibbons, Ted Nugent, and Jimmy Page could all have hit an A chord, and each, you'd go, that one's Ace, that's Billy Gibbons. You know, you guys all had your <laughs> own tone. And that's what's missing now. I Honestly, that's what's missing. You guys all, it seemed in the 70s, had your own sound. Everything sounds so process and you know it's i don't know it's all it, it, there's not as much individual everything's you know everything's really processed everything is uh you don't hear that many great guitar riff songs anymore you know and songs used to always start off with a great guitar riff you know and i'm not hearing that anymore or you Amen. know i agree 100 few and far between Hey, Ace, um, I noticed that uh, you had Bruce on as a guest on Manic Depression. Um, how I know Bruce is a, is a really big Hendrix fan. What was it like working with Bruce on that song? It was great. You know, I, uh, I've i been friends with Bruce for years. You know, I played on, uh, I did a guitar solo on the album uh, with the band he had ESP with with my old guitar player Carl Cochran and, and Eric Singer and Bruce. Uh that was around two thousand one, two thousand two. And then uh, you know, me and Bruce's passes have crossed. And then I bumped into Bruce when uh, we were doing the Kiss Cruise a couple of years ago and he found out I was doing an Origins volume two and he expressed interest in it. And uh, I said, well, Bruce, I, I want to do a Hendrix song, you know, would you like to play in it? And yeah, he picked Manic Depression. I said, great, let's do it. It's a great song. And, you know, he did a great solo on it. Thank you. Ace, I just want to say, because um, I know you got yeah. another interview coming up right in another minute or two here, but thank you so much for getting up early. This is not rock and roll hours that you're holding right now, so we appreciate you taking the time to to sit down and chat with all of us at Three Sides. My pleasure. Believe me, my daughter woke me up a couple of hours. (laughs) (laughs) She started shaking me going, you know, because I just flew her from California, you know, because I'm living in New Jersey now. I've, I've decided to give up California and be an East coast guy again and enjoy the seasons. But, you know, I told her last night, I got interviews in the morning, wake me up, you know, 
she was shaking me a couple of hours ago, so I'm on my third <laughs> cup of coffee. So. I bet. I'm, She's keeping you in I'm line. I'm back in the groove. Yeah. <laughs> once, once again, thank you, Ace, and uh, looking forward to uh, Origins Volume 2 um, dropping on the 18th here. Yeah, I'm really excited to get the feedback from the fans. So far, most of the interviewers that have interviewed me like it as well or better than the first Origins record. So that's yeah, that's I like it better. Promising. I like yeah. it better too. We were talking about that that we all kind of collectively agreed the second one's even better. Yes. Oh uh, well, I, I hope the fans feel the same way. That's that's great news. Thank you. Thanks, Ace. Thanks, we Ace. Take it. care. As always. Okay, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you, Ace. Thanks for having a great show and, and you know, promoting Kiss and myself. Appreciate it. We, we always will. We love you, Ace. Thank you. Um, all right, guys. So homework for this week. Now, granted, this is coming out just a couple weeks prior to the album being released. But if you haven't heard it yet, based on our review, which song are you looking forward to hearing? What are you yeah. really interested in hearing how Ace does a cover of? I think that's a perfect homework because there's really not more to much more to to ask, considering that the majority of the folks who are watching or listening have not heard it yet. And and I suppose I could add, if you're listening to this after the album came out, what is your favorite track off of Origins Volume Two? Right. You know where to go to leave your answers. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, we're everywhere. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe. If you're follow, if you're listening on Spotify, follow us. And iTunes, subscribe and leave a review and rating. And uh, I don't know who we've got lined up. I think we've got a guest next week. I don't have... Hey, really quick. I, I, I We say this all the time, guys. Yeah. You gotta support this if you're an Ace fan. Yes. Um, again, guys, when and you guys have watched, we've done numerous at track by track reviews. We, we don't bullshit you, and as you can tell, each one of us seemed to have a different take. Sometimes we agreed, sometimes we didn't, and that's the beauty behind it. But what's more important, you know, is that you know Ace is still that studio time. Matter of fact, who was the gentleman we had on a few weeks ago, Mike? Um, you know, produced, uh, was it Spaceman? Or oh, was, oh, Warren, the, the his the producer he's worked he's, with on this. Yeah, the studio time ain't free. The people who made the artwork, it isn't free. And yeah, I know times are tough and stuff, but you know what? We're only going to keep getting product if we buy it, if right. we go out and support these artists. Matter of fact, earlier in the show, I mentioned uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Today, their new record for pre-order i couldn't hit pre-order fast enough and they sent me two brand new songs which are fantastic um hopefully it's not something that is going to be delayed like your ozzy release you're yeah, going to end up having a freaking but at least i got the or something yeah no doubt but anyways you know what we have to keep supporting our favorite artists and and you know what i'm going to say the same thing uh when soul station comes out which uh yeah you know it's going to become Guys, we have to put our money where our mouth is. Just don't stream it for free. If 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 you if you love it, go out and get it. Um, because too, you might go, oh, Ace Frehley's a a millionaire rock. Star. You know what? But the guy who made the art, 
and the guys now we know because we're friends with Ryan and Phil and all those guys. It's a tough world right now for those guys, you know, support, support these guys. You know what I mean? Um, that's a good, you know, 10 bucks that you can spend. You got music. When you have the physical copy, you have it for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's awesome. Just buy, 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 buy something because that purchase is going to tell his label there's interest enough to do another album. If the sales aren't there, at some point a label is going to go, we're not interested anymore because we lose money doing this. Right. And and at least for me personally, you know, Ace Fraley has given me so much entertainment over nearly 50 years now. It's, it, for me, it's the least I can do to go out and spend 10 bucks. Yeah, and buy it. Plus, it's like to Mark's point, you get you have it for the rest of your life, and then it's the perfect quality. And you can put it on to your whatever you listen to. Then so. you make another memory and have more nostalgia. Exactly. And you can put one and two together and mix up the playlist. You know. Support music, guys, or it's going to go away. Yep. Um, yep. All right. That's it, everybody. Three sides of the coin. We're out of here. See everybody next week. Later, dudes. So you love the show. Go to itunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks. You love the show. Go to iTunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks.